CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you, as we always are, every weekday afternoon at this exact time. Answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events from a biblical perspective. By the way, it's really important that you have that. And what we hear in church is that even in the Bible, of all, all, if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 88 88 ask CSN. We have some lines open. You're sure to get on if you call right now. Joining me today, special guest featured CSN speaker comes on after to every man and answer. We have with us Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Hi and welcome. Hello, Mike. Good to be with you today. Wow. Crazy stuff going on, Jeff, since we last talked. Well, you know, things can change in an hour. I, I just, in my own devotionals, uh, this morning I was reading in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah talking to, or really prophesying to Judah, uh, telling them that suddenly uh, they would be overtaken by the Babylonians. And it, it just jumped out at me that often, uh, you know, just world-changing events happen all of a sudden. You know, you think of Pearl Harbor, you think of so many historical events that have happened in one hour, in the blink of an eye. And everything changes in a mere moment. And who ever would have thought that uh, Saturday morning we'd wake up to this uh, nightmare, this horrible thing that just gets worse and worse. Uh, You know, I was just looking at the news before uh, the show and how they're going in now to these areas where Hamas has been. You know, it's almost difficult to even say what they're finding. But, you know, the beheaded babies, uh, the, the bloodshed, the children's bedrooms where oh, yeah. little teddy bears and, you know, uh, comforters and cribs and, and, uh, you know, the, the kind of thing you imagine just a child's room and then the walls covered in blood, the beds covered in blood. And, you know, this is not war. Uh, it, it is a war, but it's more than a war. When you go in, you kidnap mothers young girls, children, rape them, cut their heads off, slaughter them. This is more than war. This is uh, evil. It's straight out of the pit of the deepest level of hell. Uh, it's, uh, you know, th- this uh, these Hamas uh, people are, I, I hesitate to even use the word people, in my opinion, it's like demons with skin on them. How, you know, how do you do these things? Yeah. How do you do it's these things? Wicked. And yet they're, they're doing them. And, uh, so we're watching a nightmare unfold. It is escalating. Um, I think Israel is being uh, attacked now by three different fronts. Yep. And, um, so, you know, here we are once again, Jerusalem, the center of the world's attention, which Bible prophecy predicted. Bible prophecy clearly predicts that Jerusalem is is the prophetic timepiece of the world. And now here we are, you know, the entire world is focused on that little sliver of land, Israel, 
and then even tinier, the, the city of Jerusalem, uh, that now I know they are, um, seeking to get entrance into, you know, my, my sister-in-law and, and brother in law, Paul Krause Jr., um, were trapped there. They just got out a little while ago. They got on a, a jet, uh, and, uh, were able to escape. But time after time after time, their flights were canceled. And, um, so they were there on the scene in Jerusalem. And, and Mike, as soon as they got on their jet, they were told to deboard and they had to get off of it. And, uh, while they, I, I, we don't know what they were doing. They might have been checking for a bomb or whatever. Then as soon as they got on it and the jet took off, there was an actual penetration of Hamas or something, some terrorist activity, just a stone's throw from the airport. So it's really, really building. And, um, you know, our listeners, uh, just need to keep in mind as I'm seeking to do that God knew all this was coming. Um, he certainly is not ordering these atrocities. That's for sure. But Bible, the Bible does predict that Jerusalem would be the, as Zechariah said, the, the sore thumb of the world in the last days. And right now, here we are again, looking at Jerusalem and all of this coming down and the entire attention of the world is on that piece of land. It's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, of course we have the situation. The Bible talks about the, uh, the Damascus War, Psalms 83, as well as the um, uh, Ezekiel 38-39 War. I, I just did a sermon on that, uh, and you can catch it. Uh, we uh, we put uh, that in the place, uh, because Monday was a holiday, we put that on uh, instead of to every man an answer, <coughs> because uh, so many people are really concerned about what's really going on. I mean, we've got some major issues going on. Now, Something real quick to think about, and we talked about this yesterday, and of course, all the media, well, at least the media that's sort of telling the truth, there's not very many of them, but they know uh, about the, literally the, the tens of thousands of, of people that have come across the border illegally from the Middle East. I'm not talking about Central America, and many of them are from Iran, which they believe are part of the cell groups. Now, when you stop to think that this attack that was launched against Israel came from behind what was called the Iron Wall that, that surrounds Gaza, some 40 miles long, and this wall has literally hundreds of tons of steel in it, not to mention the electronic surveillance, all this, and that was breached, that that was, was um, compromised to allow this attack over the weekend. Now, think about this for a minute, everybody. We have, we don't know who we have. The the uh, federal government has lost track of 1.5 um, illegals that have come into our country. Uh, we know that a lot of them are from the Middle East. We have no iron wall. Oh, we don't have any walls. What do you think is going to happen with us? Friends, listen, I told you I don't want to terrify anyone, but I'm telling everyone work for the night is coming when we're not going to be able to do what we want to do. I, uh, either we're not going to be here or they're not going to, our friends will not be here. But I, I believe that 
to see what's going on in Israel right now, uh, to not believe that it will soon, soon be here. We are fooling ourselves. The current administration has left that border wall completely down. Uh, illegal immigration. We uh, Look, we can't even control the fentanyl coming across the border, killing, what, what is it, 200 Americans a day? Um, and, and uh, you know, they can stop this, but they don't want to stop it. They have to destroy America. And I've got to tell you, our our um, our people in control right now, it's pretty scary. You know, um, you, you look at this and you say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know, one of the signs of the end, and I was just looking at the news, and you've got um, border skirmishes around the world. You have the war in um, in. Uh, Ukraine, uh, you have the one in Israel. Jesus said one of the signs of his return would be global skirmishes everywhere. I, I mean, wars and rumors of wars. Wars and, and rumors of wars. And and, we, yeah. we are, we, I think, are seeing this on a, on a, on a, a level that we have not seen before. Now, yeah. again. Right now, Mike, if, if you check, uh, I think you can go to the, well, there's, there's a number of websites you, you can go to. Uh, to discover how many wars are actually happening right now around the world. And uh, last time I checked, there were 70. I mean, within the last few days, there's around 70 wars or major skirmishes going on around the world. You know, we're focused on Ukraine. We're focused now on uh, Israel and all of that. But around the world, uh, it's wars plural. I mean, 70 uh, of wars of some kind going on around our globe right now. And it's just, it's really something. And um saw something interesting. Uh, they said that uh, Black Lives Matter, the BLM Chicago, I saw the, the declaration there. Uh, they have a picture, the BLM uh, Chicago has a picture of um, Hamas on a hand glider flying into Jerusalem to bomb it. They're fully supporting Hamas. What? BLM? I thought you were supposed to be... To help the black people, no. Wait a minute, your 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 facade's coming off. The BLM supporting well, and we've got to be, a terrorist. We, we've got to tell the yeah. And, to, but also, Mike, and you know this, the Democrat. There's several key Democrats. Oh, 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 uh, the the squad, the infamous squad. Yeah, I think you, her name is Talib. You say yeah, I name, saw Talib. that where they she wouldn't talk. Now she's supposed to talk, but she's supposed to represent America. And they were asking yeah. her just basic questions, and she would not respond. And she has, of course, yeah. a Palestinian flag in front yeah. of her office there, right in front of her office in Washington. They asked her point blank, "Can will you denounce the beheading of little babies?" She kept right on walking. She kept right on walking. It, it's one of the most disgusting things. That I think that I've I've seen in a long time, when people that are obviously butchers and 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 because these people are so dark, and what I mean by that they are so, they're they're not just ignorant they're they're for the destruction of of uh, anything but themselves and and friends again uh, when when you see them chopping babies' heads off. And dragging little children out and cutting their heads off, these people are are you know in the Bible, and I think it's really important because in my devotions this morning, I was I was praying and thinking about this. You know, 
uh, you read in the Bible where God would say to go in, utterly wipe out every human in, in, and, and uh, just kill them all. Canaan. Yeah, in, in and Canaan. the land of Canaan yeah. and, and um, the Amalekites and all. And you'd say, well, what kind of a loving God would do that? I don't think really people understand the depravity of man. How dark people's hearts are. Well, well, you'll chop up little children. You'll kill babies and behead them. I mean, mean, no wonder God did this kind of stuff. Because he knows if you allow it to go on, it'll just make more of it. And friends, I think that's where we're at right now. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Will on the line. Washington, hi, welcome. Yeah, Pastors, how you doing? Thank you for the call or the taking my call. I had a question for you. Um, I've been to a couple times with a friend at a seven day Adventist church, and um, my friend will um, fill in sometimes, help uh, with like worship. And we haven't stayed for the message or anything, um, but it's just you know helping other friends out, and 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 everything seems very open arms and everything. And, and, um, but I was doing some research on, um, the seven day of Venice with, about Ellen White and found out that she was pretty much from my understanding the foundation of that, um, denomination. So I just curious, are they all that way? And, or is that something I would talk, ask a pastor if, if, if his church is, um, Overseeing would that be, you know, if he is foundational? I, well, I would ask. I would ask him where he stands with Ellen G. White. Ellen G. White was a false prophet. There's no other way around it. What she did to to um, Revelation chapter 13 is is a standing atrocity. She said that the mark of the beast is not a mark on your hand or on your forehead. But it's what you think and what you do with your hands. The, the mark of the beast is worshiping on Sunday. That's complete false doctrine. Read Revelation chapter 22 and find out what happens to people who tamper with the book of Revelation to that level. Very clearly, the early church met on the first day of the week. Read Revelation or Acts chapter 20. Very clearly says, on the first day of the week, they gathered together to break bread. They were having communion. That was their fellowship time. Now, I don't have anything against anybody that wants to worship on Saturday or Sunday or Tuesday or Thursday. You see, but to say the mark of the beast is worshiping on Sunday, pure, hardcore, out-the-door heresy. No other way around it. And then when you when you start really examining what what this woman was saying, a soul sleep that when you die you just lay in the grave waiting for resurrection day. Never mind what the Bible says, where when Jesus healed Jairus's daughter, her spirit returned to her. Or in the Old Testament, when Elijah raised the little boy back to life in First Kings, it says his spirit returned to him. It didn't say it woke up inside of him. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Paul says, I'm torn whether to go be with the Lord or remain here with you. But for you, it's far better. He didn't say to lay around in a cool grave waiting resurrection day. You see, this is the problem. Now, here's here's the greater problem. 
If you find yourself in the tribulation period, oh yeah, I can take the mark on my hand or on my forehead because the real mark is worshiping on Sunday. You will be sending people to their eternal hell. That is very, very serious. When the Bible says it's a mark on your hand or on your forehead, declaring your allegiance to the new one world order in the Antichrist, and to say that it's worshiping on Sunday is pure, hardcore heresy. No other way around it. Now, let me say this. I've ran into a lot of Foursquare, excuse me, um, Seventh-day Adventists that I know that I believe are born again. They're good people. I, I, I had some of the great fellowship with uh, uh, a brother down in, in uh, Phoenix, uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, great great guy. Uh, put uh, LNG in her proper place, and uh, uh, we had great fellowship. The guy's a born-again believer, and, and praise God, love the guy. Um, I, I know others the same way. But if you really get into hardcore Seventh-day Adventism, there are serious Serious, serious problems. Now, does that mean every Seventh-day Adventist is is bad? No. Like I say, I've met them that are that are born again Christians. They 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 believe. See, here's the question that I've asked Seventh-day Adventist people. I go, so so let me ask you a question. If 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 I'm saved by the blood of Christ, and what what advantage do I have? What what does worshiping on Saturday do for me? Well, you'll be more saved. One of them told me that. No, you won't be more saved. You see, we're not saved by works, lest any man would boast. Well, look, I keep the Sabbath. I tithe. I don't eat pork. I do this. I do that. Whoa, big shiny buttons. Ooh, you're going to heaven because you're so good. No, we're all sinners saved by grace. There is none righteous. No, not one. Any spirituality, friends, understand this. Read Galatians. Any spirituality that we have, we got from Jesus. We never generated in ourselves by anything we have done. Well, I worship on Sunday, or I worship on Tuesday, or I work. No. The righteousness that you and me have, we put on the righteousness of Christ. Like you wrap yourself in a robe. Jesus said the Sabbath was not made The Sabbath was not made for God. It was made for us to take a day off. God will take care of us. Take the break. Stop and smell the flowers along the way. That's what God's saying here. But I know people that won't work any day of the week. And I know people that will work seven days a week keeping their old nose at the grindstone and miss life altogether. The Bible very clearly says we should take a day off. But as, like I say, I don't mind if a person worships on Saturday. Praise God. Sunday, great. But to condemn somebody, Paul says, don't let anybody judge you on new moons and Sabbaths. And yet, that's what they do. And that's what Ellen G. White did, and very wrongly so. Now, I don't mean to offend anybody here. I'm not here with a church dogma representing the river church. No, I'm telling you, This is what the Bible says. And when people go through selectively taking only verses that they like and building these crazy dogma theologies upon it and ignoring the other verses, this is where the problems come in. And this is why I believe we're in the deplorable, the church is in the deplorable condition that it's in right now. I mean, really, you have mainline 
long-term Christian denominations ordaining homosexual women for priests? Well, what's going on here? You see, they've abandoned God's word. It's because God's word's not taught. And I've seen uh, others study the Bible. And instead of reading the chapter, no, they go through and they have a little list of, of, of verses to look up. And they look up those verses and then they underline them in their Bible and bring people to the completely the wrong conclusion. That is not Bible study. Now, yes, you can do that on some things to understand the way we should be as Christians or whatever. But to establish theology and go hopscotching through the Bible to prove a point, this is where the problems come. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, and and Will, to your question about Ellen White, uh, in her life she claimed to have 2,000 or so visions and dreams. (laughs) First red flag right there. Uh, But she taught several things that are indeed heretical. Quickly, her revelation that the hell is not eternal. That was one thing that she claimed. Hell is not eternal. Uh, She claimed that the sins of believers were going to be placed on Satan, who had become somehow the scapegoat uh, for our sins. And then, uh, well, just she identified Jesus as the uh, Michael, the archangel, lots of things she came up with that are just off. So you got to wonder, people that are in this particular denomination, are they checking what uh, she taught? Because she is the prophet of the Seventh-day Adventist. There was one other. His name eludes me, but I, I believe he predicted in the 1800s the return of Christ in the 1800s or so. And when it did not happen, they had to come up with some truly uh, out-there uh, explanation for why Jesus had not returned visibly and that he was doing something in heaven uh, to, uh, and that was actually what the prophecy had meant. So they had to backpedal and drop back and punt and make things up like the Mormons have done and so many others with false prophecies. So uh, having a question about her, Will, is smart because if I'm in the Seventh-day Adventist uh, denomination, uh, and I do a little bit of reading on her, I'm really going to reassess where I'm attending. So hope that helps. Amen. Hope that helps. Yeah, I do, and I appreciate it. And um, I was going to ask to, to, uh, for prayer. Um, I'm attending and, and helping out. Um, it's called Be Bold for Jesus this weekend in Spokane. It's a three-day mm-hmm. conference, and uh, Greg Laurie and a few other speakers and some awesome worship, but just praying that if that uh, God would just prepare everyone's hearts and just, I know the enemy is going to do everything he can to try to just, you know, discourage people and, you know, just with everything. But I just thought it'd be awesome to be able to pray for, for those that are putting it on and just for those that are, you know, for their hearts that are going to be attending and that maybe, you know, that there'll be people being saved and people rededicating their lives and just, you know, just for it to be a real blessing for Let's pray, Will. outreach for everyone. Yeah. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for people that step out to make a difference. And Lord, we pray for this event. We pray that, that you would uh, bring the people there that need their lives changed by your power. Those that need to rededicate their lives. Lord, we pray for protection for the event that you would keep the evil away. And Lord, we pray that those that are part of this would be super, supercharged by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to be sensitive to your Spirit, 
um, and and uh, they would be used by you in great and mighty ways as your outpouring of your Holy Spirit would come upon them, and Lord, that people's lives would be changed forever for the good, in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Will, Thank our you, prayers Will. are with, with you. And stay on the line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus, uh, a little book called Time to Grow. Anything else we can do for you, Will, please let us know, okay? All right. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Let's go to Chris, Illinois. Hi, welcome. Uh, hi, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was just wanting to get some help on understanding how to explain uh, Galatians 3. There's some uh, verses in there that... Uh, I mean, in light of what's going on in Israel, a lot of professing Christians um, that follow replacement theology really <laughs> like to use uh, Galatians 3 as a proof text of saying that the church has replaced Israel, and it's uh, it's really disheartening. But, uh, for example, Galatians 3, 7, saying, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham, and then also 28 and 29 that says there is neither Jew nor Greek, and if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. So it's it's uh, really, really disheartening, and a lot of professing Christians coming out of the woodwork saying that we don't need to care about Israel because they're no longer Israel churches. So I was hoping to get the call back. Oh, I know, I know. Isn't that awful? I mean, replacement theology right now, they don't even understand what's going on in the world. They, they completely disregard what Jesus Christ himself said concerning the nation of Israel in Luke chapter 21, that Jerusalem would be trodden down by the Gentiles to the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. It was under Roman control when Jesus said that. It was burned to the ground and leveled in 70 AD when the Roman governor, uh, uh, general Titus came in. Who had ever heard of such a thing that that, that would ever come back again? Well, it's again the capital of Israel, It is under Jewish control. And Jesus goes on in Luke 21 and says, and the generation that sees these things will not pass away till they're all fulfilled. Friends, we are there now. And I believe it's so important. And so when people say, well, God has no more to do with Israel than Peru, they simply do not, not know their Bible. And that is a real embarrassment because they think it's just going to get better and better. We're going to usher in uh, Christ is going to come back. Oh, but what they're going to be ushering in, friends, is not Jesus, but the Antichrist. I believe it's really scary, man, when you start to look at it, what the Bible really says. Jeff, I want your thoughts on this. I think it's so important. We're coming up on a break and we'll continue on on the other side. So we'll be back for more right after this. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these spots for MediShare, and Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brant, for real, do you recommend this? Like, yeah, uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff. So family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people my experience has been. MediShare has been Fantastic for me. Yeah. It's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. Yeah, and see, a lot of people who've switched tell me that. It's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it, and it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, so really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it. So 
Um, you do the phone number. I'm actually tired of doing all the phone numbers. You okay. Call now. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Nice job. Thanks. Are you ready to study to show yourself approved? A workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? In this sad, lonely, and lost generation, people need help. They need Jesus. And who can present the gospel better than you? Calvary Chapel University wants to be a helper of your joy so you can go out and make disciples who make disciples. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and you'll earn outstanding scholarships. Most of our CCU graduates graduate early or on time, debt-free and sound doctrinally. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today. Skip Heitzig is one of our faculty members, and David Guzik is not only a board member, but he just earned his Master of Divinity at CCU. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and watch God move powerfully in your life. Back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Wednesday afternoon with Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And uh, we were talking with Chris when we went to the break about Galatians chapter three. Jeff, your thoughts. Yeah, what you're dealing with there, Chris, is also called supersessionism, uh, meaning that the church has uh, superseded Israel or, or taken Israel's place in the prophetic program of God, uh, which simply is not true. The, the whole thing of replacement theology is that after uh, 70 AD, when Jerusalem was destroyed and the Jews were dispersed to the world, um, that God was done prophetically with Israel. But all you got to do is read Romans 11, for instance, to see that God is not done. Yeah, God did turn his attention to the Gentile world. That is, he opened the door of the gospel to the Gentiles because the Jewish people rejected the gospel. He came unto his own, John 1 says, meaning the Jewish people, and his own, the Jewish people, uh, received him not. Paul, at one point in the book of Acts, wiped his hands of the Jewish people and said, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. You know, you you guys aren't receiving this at all. And so uh, God did uh, focus on the church, but he did not do away with Israel. Israel and the church are two completely different entities. And for instance, you mentioned Galatians 3, 7, know you therefore that they which are of faith are the children of Abraham. He's just saying there, as I think you already understand, Chris, but I'll go ahead and explain it. He's, he's just saying that we come to faith or come to Christ by faith. As Abraham was declared righteous by faith, so we are declared righteous by faith, not by works, but by faith. And so in that sense, we are the children of Abraham, and uh, we are children of God. But the nation of Israel figures prominently in end-time prophecy. Again, I, I would refer you to Romans 11, not to mention the book of Revelation, where Israel plays a key role. Jesus returns uh, and lands. His feet shall land on the Mount of Olives, Zechariah uh, said, and it will cleave from the east to the west. 
And uh, the angel told the disciples as they watched Jesus ascend into heaven. The angel said, the same way you see him go up, in the very same way he's going to come back down, in the very same location. And that would be the Mount of Olives. So Israel is in no way uh, irrelevant in Bible prophecy, in the future of prophetic things. And further, the Bible predicts that the day will come when Israel will turn to Christ. You read about that in Ezekiel 38 and 39 and many other places in the Bible where there will be literally a national awakening. I'm not saying every Jew is going to be saved. That's not what it's saying. But as a people, there will be a huge awakening uh, and a turning to Christ as the Messiah in the future yet to, to come. So in no way has God done away with it. Uh, supersessionism, uh, replacement theology, whatever you want to call it, is not, is not, uh, I don't believe, an accurate interpretation of Scripture. And so I hope that helps you, Chris. Amen. I hope that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. It's just, uh, I, I feel like people that are missing out on understanding that are missing out on a, the blessing of understanding eschatology wise of what's next to come and then also just not standing in support of israel because it's obvious the enemy is is uh once again trying to deceive people and even deceive christians into uh thinking that uh that the church is the only one with with the blessings and that god hasn't kept his promises yeah that's that's what's yeah that's what's so that's what's so crazy about this you know, again, uh, Genesis 12, I'll bless those that bless thee, curse those that curse thee. And, and um, you know, God never revoked that. Uh, and so, again, understanding this um, and understanding that the whole book of Revelation is all about Israel. It's all about it. And to say, oh, well, that happened in 70 AD. Really? What planet are you from? Where the Bible says every living thing in the sea dies. Well, well, well that, that's metaphorically speaking. Oh, well, you better read Revelation 22 when you take away from what God's word says and write it off as a myth or metaphorically speaking. Hey, listen, we're coming down. You know, one of the things, Jeff, that I have always found that destroys false doctrine is God's word and time. And time now is beginning to really chisel away at these goofy doctrines that have come into the church. And again, that God is done with the nation of Israel. Oh, really? That it would be cup a, a cup of trembling to the whole world in the last days? That's exactly what it is. But, but, but God's done with Israel. So why would it be a cup of trembling for the whole world? It is because we know it's a trigger point for Russia. Right now, Russia is saber-rattling like they have not done for for probably 30 years a con- concerning an, a, nu- a nuclear attack on the United States. Go, go to your—just just Google this. Um, Putin talks about the Satan-2 missiles. And they're aimed at us, everybody. Don't, don't mistake that. They're aimed at us. And he brags about it of— Total annihilation. Oh, yes, your Iron Dome will shoot down some of the missiles, but more will get through than are shot down. Many of the Hamas rockets uh, were not deflected by the Iron Dome. No, because there was too many of them. 
Yeah, you can shoot down. Yeah, I mean, we're set up to shoot down, you know, a thousand, you know, incoming rockets. Well, what if they launch 15,000 rockets? Well, that means most of them are going to get through. This is where, again, we are living in a different time than we've ever lived before. And again, as I shared yesterday, when you have the 30th poorest country on earth, North Korea, now with nuclear weapons, friends, what in the world is this going to show? And I don't care if an atomic bomb is made in North Korea or Russia or uh, England or the United States. It'll wreck your day. And so when we understand the carnage that the Bible says in the very first part of the tribulation period, one quarter of the world's population dies in the first seven years of the tribulation period. Friends, we are talking something that the world has never seen. And the Bible says it will be the worst time in the history of the world. And unless Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. In other words, the tribulation really, really should have gone on longer. But because of men's complete inability of common sense, God cut it back to seven years. And I think it was cut back for a couple of reasons. One, we have that missing 70th week of Daniel where God deals with the nation of Israel. But that's part of what the tribulation period is about. God dealing with a God-rejecting world and dealing with his nation of Israel. Very clearly, every page talks about that. And to say that happened in 70 AD, boy, you better read Revelation 22 to find out what happens to people who take out of God's word and make it of no value. That's exactly yeah, what Chris, they, Chris, yeah. I would like to also add, I know it's discouraging to you, Chris, that um, Christians are not praying for Israel because they are, uh, they have believed this replacement theology stuff. My church, we prayed for them. We prayed for them the, the very next day uh, in our church gatherings. I think Christians all over the world ought to be praying for Israel, for her protection. And uh, just, you know, wrapping up, Chris, your your question about it, or the whole issue of, uh, you know, supersessionism, after the tribulation, the Lord's going to return and establish his kingdom with the nation of Israel. And he'll reign over the whole earth from Israel. And uh, we, the church, will reign with him. So there you've got the church and Israel working in tandem together during the uh, millennial reign of Christ. So no way God is done with Israel. No. Hope that helps, Chris. Stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus based on the book of Luke, as well as a little book called Time to Grow. I think you'll enjoy it, okay? All right. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. Let's go to Rick, Wyoming. Hi, welcome. Yeah. Hey, question. So why Christianity? Like, why is, would that be the the main goal of religion, you know? Because if, if Israel is God's people— then wouldn't the true faith be based on like Muslims or Islam or whatever they, they study. That's what I'm getting confused on is because I want to be closer to God and Jesus. But if their religion because back then when Jesus walked the earth, it wasn't Christianity. It was like, cause he was a Nazarene. So wouldn't it be like the, the Nazarene religion? Well, Jesus, um, Jesus was from Nazareth. That's why he was a Nazarene. Um, 
and and so that's that's why why that is Nazarene. Uh, being a Nazarene wasn't a religious sect; it was simply meaning that he was from Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, first of all, Rick, I want to thank you for calling in in your honesty because I I really really I really am happy that people like you ask these kinds of questions because they're so important. Why is Christianity different? than all the other religions of the world? I think that's a fair question. But what's so amazing is this. I think deep down in the soul of every individual, we know we need to get right with the higher power, whatever it might be. I mean, whether you're an AA, whether whether you're in, in a jungle someplace, they all recognize there's something more than meets the eye. You can talk to any occultist. They'll tell you the same thing. So everybody realizes there's something more that meets the eye. Plato, uh, the philosopher that lived 800 years before Christ, said, we live in the shadow of reality. The real world is in the unseen realm. Now, this is interesting because down through the history of ages, everybody has believed that there's something beyond what we see. So I want to get right with whatever that force is out there. So you'll find... Middle East, you'll find people continually burning incense. They believe that uh, uh, we've got to get rid of this dirt in our soul. So when you die, you burn off your bad karma and you'll come back as something else uh, and keep trading up till finally you, you, know, you achieve nirvana. You'll, you'll finally be what, what you're supposed to be. And, and, and you'll find other people will just be a very good moral person. That'll do it. But then the problem is, who defines what is moral and what is being good? Um, because like right now, we're, we're looking at Hamas, believing what's good is chopping little babies up and, and stealing uh, people and, and all these kinds. No, so we, we, we have to be real careful about that. So how do I know? And then how do I know if I've achieved getting right with this supernatural power that's out there? Because really, it's an issue. And, and that uneasiness that we find. And when we go out ourselves and do things that we know inside are not good for us. I, I, I talked to several people over the period of my life, in fact, many, and they'd say, yeah, when we used to go out clubbing and partying, I'd come home at night and, and I, I, I would try to take a shower to wash off that, that awful, dirty feeling inside of me. They were trying to wash it off. I think this is the idea of of religion, trying to reach out to God some way. Christianity is different. Christianity is God reaching out to you and to me. The Bible says that we will never be able to do anything to get rid of the dirty soul. We can't. It's not in our power. It's not within man, the Bible says, to live righteously. So, The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that who would ever believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, this is interesting, and this is so different than religion, because religion is, I'm going to do something to get something, where Christianity says, believe and receive. And that God is not an ennoble force in the universe, as religion teaches, but that he wants to be and have us to relate to him as our father in heaven. We know what an earthly father is like. At least if you you had a good earthly father, that's the way God wants us to relate with him. Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our father, which art in heaven. 
And so it isn't based upon burning incense or selling flowers in airports or going door to door or giving all your money or doing charitable deeds or all these things that religions all over the world do. But God says, as a matter of fact, buddy, I love you. And I'm, I'm, I've, I've provided everything you need to get rid of that dirty soul and to experience eternal life with me. That's the difference. And it isn't rules and regulations and joining the church and keeping church's mantras and, and jumping through hoops. But it's just simply a father-child relationship. The sin is gone in my soul. That dirty, heavy weight is gone. And now I can communicate with God, and God will speak to me and give me that help. See, and the thing is, it's not by works of righteousness, lest anyone would boast, but it's what God does for us. And that is so different because all the religions of the world, I don't care who it is, have got you out doing things to be something. Well, here's the big problem. Have you done enough? And if you die in that condition and you get to heaven, what do you do if you found out it wasn't enough? It's too late to do anything about it. But you see, when we go to heaven, not because we're good, because Jesus is good, the Bible says we have the assurance of salvation. Not assurance that I have been so good, but that I have trusted the one who will deliver me. That's the difference. All the other religions are get out and go do. True Christianity, and I, I say true Christianity because there's a lot of people wearing the name Christian, different cults and things like that. They, they in some way speak of Jesus and God and all these things, but they don't, they don't know who God is. Because if they did, they wouldn't have their people trying to join their, their church. You, you see, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you become his son. And that, friends, is what's great. That doesn't come through a church ordination board. That doesn't come through people voting on you whether you're good enough to be a saint or or whatever. That just simply comes from my faith and trust in him. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, Rick, I would just uh, encourage you to do this. You know, you got to cut through all the different religions in the world. You know, there's so many, Islam, Buddhism, uh, people that follow Confucius, there's Hinduism, uh, so many isms and different options. It's very confusing. But, but here's what I would encourage you to do. Look at the founders, because the founders are the key uh, to whether or not it's true or false. Uh, you look at uh, Muhammad, for instance, and look at the fruit of what Muhammad's religion has produced. Look at what he said. Read some of the Quran and uh, see how he uh, encourages world domination and killing infidels and all these different things that Muhammad encourages followers to do. You know, Confucius, Buddha, none of them, none of the founders of the world religions claimed the things that Jesus did. Jesus claimed things that really, you, there's no middle ground. He claimed things that either he was completely, truly, uh, therapeutically crazy, or he was who he said he was, like, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You're not going to get to the Father, that is to God, but through me. Um, I am God. I am that I am. He claimed to be God. He claimed to be the door to heaven. He claimed to be the bread of life. He claimed to be the light of the world. And so... When you look at what Jesus said, he said things that 
no other world religious leader said. He stands out completely in his own stratosphere. He's completely and totally unique. Just I'm talking about the person of Christ, the record that we have of what he said, which is in the Bible, the New Testament, the four Gospels. Look at that and start there. You must consider what Jesus Christ said, because if he was who he said he was, then you must turn to him. Uh, yes, there's others that uh, are there in the Middle East and that were in the Middle East. You know, there's, yes, there's Muslims and there's different religions uh, represented there in Israel. But that that doesn't mean a whole lot. You got to cut past that and look at what their founders said, what they claimed, uh, those that still cling to Moses and have rejected Christ. Moses predicted the coming of Jesus, a prophet greater than himself. So you've got to look at the founders. I, for one, that's what I, the way I kind of settled all these world, world religion issues in my own life. Um, uh, because I do read a lot. I study a lot. And I was, and I've been approached by many of these different religions, Mormonism, others. You look at the founders. And again, you look at what Christ claimed. Go read the red part, the red ink in in the New Testament. Look at what he claimed and then step back and go, okay, what do I do with that? Either he was crazy or he was who he said he was. And if he was who he said he was, then I have no option. I should turn to him, repent to him and ask his forgiveness because he really did die on the cross for me. And he really did rise from the dead, which no other world religious leader ever claimed to do. But Jesus did. He predicted that he would rise from the dead, and then every record indicates he did rise from the dead. So that's the way I would approach it, Rick. Look at the founders and look at Christ and consider what he what he said. I hope that helps, Rick. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it does, but as far as, like, the founders, I just— so confusing because um you have you have a man that died for our sins right i mean he took the whole weight on his shoulders for us yes so yes. what i struggle with is i can accept jesus and go to do everything i can and have faith in him but if i sin let's let's say i go out and i drink or i cuss or whatever and i repent for my sins but i'm not trying to do it every day but I could still be forgiven and still go to heaven. It just seems too easy. I, I know. Isn't that great? Yeah. Isn't that great? God didn't make it hard. Now, notice what he said. He said, unless a man becomes a child, he'll not see the kingdom of heaven. Now, again, God didn't make it hard. And, and if you want fortification for what you just said, go to First John. Now, you have the book of John, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the first four books of the Bible. And then if you go back to the almost to the end of the Bible, you'll come across right before Revelation and, and the book of Jude, you'll, you'll come to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. If you read 1st John, this is where it says, my little children. He calls us his children. And I, I love that because John understands that children do dumb stuff. I mean, if you've been around kids very long or you have your own kids, you know what I mean. They will do 
what they think is so creative and so beautiful by taking indelible felt markers and decorating your leather furniture in your living room. I had my little nieces and nephews do that uh, at their house. Um, they thought they were doing fabulous. They were all those those uh, felt permanent markers all over their leather furniture. Ruined it. But but what the point is, is this. They thought they were doing good, but they weren't. That's what a lot of times we think, well, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to do, God. I, I don't really want to sin, but I, I just got to sin. So, I, you know, we're dumb kids. That's what the Bible says. Here's what he says. My little children, if we sin, we have an advocate. We have an attorney with the Father, which is Christ Jesus. So not only does he save us, but he has a marvelous way of keeping us clean. And when he says, when he says, when you pray, pray like our father, that implies we're children. And let me tell you something, everyone, children do dumb stuff. And you can tell your kids, don't do that. And I, I, I've got the same thing. I, I, I tell the kids, don't put the cat food by the front door. Now it's convenient. Don't put it there. The flies want to get on the cat food. And then when you open the door to go in the house, and this time in the Northwest and most of, of America, because winter's coming, the flies are all trying to come indoors. And they're all there at the at the cat food, and the, you open the door, and here they all come. Put the cat food, at you know, like 10 feet away from the door. That way, when you open the door, they, and you know what? If I go home right now, the cat food will be right outside the door. Because that's the way kids are. We do dumb stuff, and I have found we're never too old to not do dumb stuff. That's why if we sin, we have that, that, that intercessor, Jesus Christ, that intercedes for us. I hope that helps, Rick. Yeah, it, it, it does. I mean, God bless you guys. You guys are one of the best on the radio for sure. Um, I, I do have one question. Um, if you have time, it's, it's what, you, what do you guys think about the near-death experiences people have and their stories about the same, about seeing Jesus. Is that stuff believable? or? I think some of it is true. I think some of it may not be true. We're never taught to teach somebody's experience, but we're taught to teach God's Word. That's what makes the difference. Rick, have you ever asked Christ in your life? Yes, yes, I did. And that's the reason why I'm calling is because two years ago I was I was on fire for the Lord, I mean, and um, reading in the Word every, every day. And then I had this feeling, like a spiritual feeling, that something wasn't right, that, like, it was just too easy to get into heaven. And maybe uh-huh. the church, the Christian church I was going to, it was it was um, something wasn't right. So it steered me away, and then I started going down that rabbit hole and learning about the Apocrypha. I never knew anything about the Apocryphas, yeah. and then... I started, you Rick, know, it is, just... but but the thing is, where it, it it's it's easy, but it, it it also requires surrendering to God. So it isn't easy believism, but it's actually putting your life where your words are. We're out of time, Rick, and and be sure to stay on. I I know our counselors down there love love to talk to you. For Greg Yashi, uh, Jim, Royce, Stephen, please call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff, for being on. Or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 